In the words of the Foo Fighters, my past is getting us nowhere. And this is the Fat Man Chronicles. buddy dave is here as always <laughs> and we're just a couple of middle-aged dads on a journey to conquer the chicago marathon i got myself confused dave because i didn't change the chapter we were on on the board uh-huh so when i took my picture it still says chapter eight but i knew that wasn't right no we're we hit the big time we're we, at 10 we're at 10 how are you buddy i'm good how are you pretty good pretty good it's a it's a monday in maryland so. Monday in Maryland. It's it, you know what's weird, Monday in Chicagoland too. Yeah, it's, it, fascinating how that works. <laughs> <laughs> hey, oh. I gotta give. Uh, I didn't see the whole video, but I gotta give your kid credit for her uh, outstanding cooking skills oh. and uh, her number one safety measure in the kitchen is that pan handle never sticks out; it's always in. Yes. Right? She yeah. rocked that. Yeah. And you're in trouble in all the good ways. Yeah. 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 So what, what, you, what Dave's talking about is, uh, so Gretchen and Michaela have been watching Chopped Junior, uh, uh-huh. like binging through all the Chopped Juniors, and Michaela will talk the entire episode about what she would do uh, with mm-hmm. those ingredients, right? So she's been nagging or insisting or cutely asking i don't know which one of those is true uh maybe all of them to all do them. a chopped uh, do a chopped episode where see i thought it was like mom was gonna help but it was it was mom versus daughter yeah even in, better in the chopped kitchen <laughs> so my role was to go and um create the the mystery ingredients and then, uh, you know, so I shot for the mystery ing- ingredients and then they cook, they both made meals basically, yeah. you know, uh, we didn't do three rounds. We did two rounds, but it's on my personal social media page. If you're connected to me, it is pretty cute. Um, it was awesome. And then another reason why she's, I'm a huge fan of hers now is she did not put carrots and raisins together. She did not. Right. And one of the worst things that I was ever created in my household growing up was a carrot raisin salad (laughs) and i think it was just absolutely sorry ma disgusting (laughs) but she would not put the raisins with the carrots and raisins don't go in carrot cake like i don't know where people got that but when we make like uh, carrot cupcakes people are like are there raisins in there and raisins should only be eaten out of the box sorry for my first blanket statement of the day but i love that she would not put the raisins with the carrots 
I like a raisin in a in a oatmeal raisin cookie. Um, I'm not a carrot cake fan, has been documented on the show before. It's Gretchen's <laughs> favorite thing, and I don't believe carrots belong in cake. So um, it's the frosting that makes the carrot cake. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah, the yeah, cream I'm, cheese frosting, and you can there are there can be some decent carrot cakes, but I would never be like. Ferica loves carrot cake, and uh, I would never go anywhere and order a piece of carrot cake. Sorry and, to all my yeah, carrot cake lovers. Yeah, no. Look, me, I've already apologized twice. We're two minutes in. That's okay. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, yeah, we'll get to more of that later. The uh, I'm not a carrot cake fan, but my so this is like birthday month, uh, you know, around here. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we've got. Uh, Gretchen's brother's birthday. Actually, I think that might be tomorrow, uh, the day we release. Uh, we've got my brother's birthday, which is the same day as Michaela's, and then my daughter Lily, and then my niece uh, Claire. So it's Whew. a lot, of, a lot of birthdays, right? And uh, they're kind of back to back. They're all on the fives, so it helps me. Mm-hmm. We got you know the fifteenth, twentieth, twenty fifth. Nice. <laughs> um, so. One one of the things is, you know, this year with how Easter falls and just how rarely we get the older kids now, you know, they're just older kids, right? They mm-hmm. they got lives. Right. Uh, but they're coming for, for Easter weekend and Michaela's birthday and then it's Lily's birthday. So Michaela will be seven and Lily will be sixteen. Nice. So sweet sweet sixteen. Um that doesn't Is that still me. a big thing? I don't know, but it scares the crap out of me. I'll tell you, yeah. as a dad, a 16-year-old kid, <laughs> uh, but it, it was bad with Daniel. It's real bad with Lily. I will, you know, I'll let the hate mail flow. Uh, yes, there's a difference as a dad between a daughter and a son. So, Oh, for uh, sure. You know, I, and I don't I, think that's a bad. Uh, it just, you know, it just, but, you know, Lily's super responsible. But anyway, the whole point of the story is that each kid, like Lily and and. Uh, Michaela get to choose a cake kind of for Easter slash birthday celebrations, right? And uh, Lily cho- chose carrot. Nice. And now, will you make that or buy it? Gretchen will make it. I'm not a baker, so I, I'm not a... I struggle. I'm more of a... I'm not... I wouldn't even call myself a cook. Like, that's a, that, that would have to be loosely defined. But I'm more of a look at things... Hey, here's a recipe that sounds close to good, but here's kind of what I'm gonna do to it. I yeah. very, very rarely follow a recipe, soup to nuts. Like it's just. Not, oh yeah, I hate following recipes. It's just not who I am. Most of the time, I just get ideas and then kind of take it. Um, mm-hmm. So therefore, baking's not a strength of mine because that you have to follow the formula. Yeah. Uh, or or the science will be off, right? Right, uh, and that and that's the top reason why I don't like being a baker. Is it has to be specific? Like cooking, all my years in culinary, there was a lot more freedom to kind of go in whatever direction you were feeling. And uh, now uh, I'm experiencing on macarons, and I, I don't like making these things. And I had too much egg whites, so my liquid dry ingredient ratio was off, and it was a complete failure. And I knew that going in, but it wasn't like, my mind wasn't thinking I have to be exact with it. I was totally being a chef trying to be a baker, and it was a disaster. So I had to do it all over again. But that's why I, I don't like baking for that 
exact reason. As you go to bake here in a, less than two hours. No, no, no. I got the other one today. Oh, the other one today. Oh, yeah. okay. All right. And it's totally screwing me up because Monday is my off day. So, like, Monday is shopping, cleaning, food prepping, all that stuff. And now I have to go to work today, and it's totally screwing up my schedule. Gotcha. Right? So... And then, of course, right, you know, yesterday I'm like, hey, <laughs> I got to work. We need, can we do an hour earlier? Yeah. So, like, my whole day has been off today because normally I have literally eight hours of whatever I need to do I can get done. And today I had like an hour. Sure. Well, I, I don't know, Dave, I coming into, uh, oh, just to finish up, I guess, that whole thing. The the meals were interesting last night, and but but Michaela's enthusiasm is infectious. Like yes. she just loves doing that stuff, and you know I had I basically recorded her telling us about the dish. I mean, she wants to be judged. She wanted a winner, which mm-hmm. of course I, you know, she's gonna be seven. I just made her the right, 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 the winner, right. Um, but she wanted somebody chopped. It was pretty darn cute. So. And it was it was nice, you know, to to do that. Did you make Retchen walk out of the kitchen with her <laughs> snide remark about her opponent? I did not. But here is where our um, our good friend of the show, Sarah, is going to love this. We ate dinner, the three of us ate as a family. Yeah. Because of the chopped, like we didn't go in front of the TV. And sure, eat, sure. You know, so we yeah. ate as a family, um, and. It, it was nice, and I, I think we're going to try to do more of that. Even So we do that only when the big kids are around. Yeah. And, you know, I think we got to do more of that. So And it's nice. And see. Not more chopped. That was a problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But in, I think that, like, we, I, we never eat together, right? We eat on the couch. Brain eats, you know, he's playing with his buddies. And then, uh, you know, I can hear him tell his friends that, hey, I'll be back in a little bit. I'm going to eat dinner and then I'll hook back up with you. And now he literally only has two or three hours, uh, two days a week and like an hour, one day a week from the time he gets home from his activities. And uh, so it's just like sitting. I don't think I don't think we're. I think eating dinner as a family is missing, but with everyone's chaotic schedule, I don't think it's as easy as it can as it used to be. Yeah. And I, I think uh, I know for me, I'm very fortunate that I spend like one-on-one time with Braden when he comes home of maybe two and a half to three hours a day of just him and me doing something together. And it's not always. We have our moments. Trust me on that. But usually, like, when we're weightlifting or throwing and having fun, uh, 90% of the time, it's really good father-son moments. And I'd actually rather take that time than 15 minutes or 20 minutes sitting eating dinner together. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's any right or wrong answer to it. it no, was, agree. You know, and and it's a lot easier at her age for some days. Like today, there's no way because we get home from school, she practices her piano, and gets dressed to go to three dance classes. Yeah, and she eats dinner at the dance studio. 
so I mean it, it's it's always different right every day is different and she's got something every day uh, except Fridays at this point yeah. with activities so, and then maybe maybe there and I don't think there's anything wrong with that I love Braden being crazy busy because like uh, what's that saying idle the hands dev- yeah 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 <laughs> And I, I think brain success comes from how busy and structured he is. And then on the flip fly, my failures is because I have so much time on my hands. And thankfully, Ferka thinks that the best thing for me now is working the second job. And I will have to be that much more structured. And already today, I'm like, oh, my God, I, I, time management is now number one in my life. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was a fun activity and, you know, it was a a nice break from uh, being, uh, you know, I I, we got some feedback from last week that I just want to make sure that we're we address real quick because I I mean, I've said a lot of dumb stuff on this show. I mean, (laughs) a lot of dumb stuff. There's been crazy, uncomfortable moments, right, with with Mm -hmm. my wife at times. And, one, and, and I think the thing that got the most comments, both pub, uh, not so much publicly, because there was only a couple, I think, but privately, um, apparently you do not talk about streaking. And <laughs> because there's a lot of opinion. Yeah. I mean, you do not piss off a streaker. Yeah, and, and we had a good, you and I personally had a good conversation about that and i think we kind of both saw both sides yeah but i think i need to clarify right because the number one thing i'm going to say is look this is a finite show like this can't go six hours also (laughs) it's a one-way conversation yet fine we're talking right you and i but for the most part like like i can't talk to the audience like it's not a back and forth they can't ask clarifying questions right Mm -hmm. Podcasting is tough from that perspective because you think of things after, you think about how you'd clarify, you know, you might give a strong opinion, but it's not, or what sounds like a strong opinion, but it's really not, right? And I think people took what I was saying about streaking a little bit out of, uh, out of context, potentially. That's not fair. They heard the words, I didn't explain myself well. Mm-hmm. So... What so first of all, if you're a streaker, great, fantastic. If you're a former streaker, fantastic. I, I mean, doing anything is better than doing nothing, right? Mm-hmm. My point is that if you're using the streaking, the streak by definition is going to come to an end, right? So how that comes to an end and what you do next is was kind of my point. Mm-hmm. So if it's a catalyst to do more or it creates relationships with people that are doing something with you that are ongoing, I think that is awesome, mm-hmm. right? The The issue becomes, and it's the same when, as when you train for a race, right? Like if you get done and that's it, okay, great. It was an experience and I'm not going to discount that. But my mm-hmm. point is that try to use it as a catalyst to do something ongoing maybe it's not streaking every maybe it's not walking every day 
or running every day or swimming every day or whatever it is, right? But maybe it's, hey, that became a habit, so now I do four days a week or three days a week or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. That was my point. My point wasn't to disparage the act of streaking. I'm personally not a fan, right? right? I walk a mile or more every single day in my life because that's just life, right? That's my life and it's not others. I, I get that. But I have never called it a streak, right? Like that's just life. Right. I, I think that I think the difference was like I and I'll 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 speak for Ferica and her streak. It was a in her mind it was a purposeful mile, right? Not like your normal steps during the day. And it was 100% a catalyst to start something, have that goal for a year, get a community with her, which she did, and the streak ended, but the community and their group and their friendship still exists, and they do all these other things together. So that was 100% of the whole point of the streak. I think the comment being made of celebrating people who maybe sit at a desk all day long and still manage to accomplish that is a 100% true, valid comment. I don't think that what you were saying, what you were saying about what's next were two different roads of the same conversation. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And and look, I get it. I've had jobs where I couldn't get mm-hmm. up, right? Like I, I've had those jobs. Also, when I look back, I was, and I'm not saying somebody doesn't have the job where they literally can't move. I, I get it. They exist. That's the outlier. 80-20 rule. 80% mm-hmm. of the people that think they have those jobs don't, and we're not self-honest. The number one thing about this show from the very first day is self-honesty. Yeah. Be self-honest. I, 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 so I will pick on my wife on this one, right? And we had this conversation. Gretchen says, I couldn't do anything. I call BS because I've seen you. Now, there are days like last Friday where she literally couldn't move, right? She was on meetings all day, right? Mm-hmm. Most days, though, she chooses instead of getting up from the couch and walking, she chooses to look at Instagram or Facebook or or read, you know, a gossip mag or whatever, or watch one of her reality shows. That's not self-honest. You could have gotten up. You chose mm-hmm. not to do it. And that's okay. I'm not I'm not saying that the choice was bad. I'm just saying, like, admit to yourself that you had the time to get up from your workspace. You chose not to do it. And yeah. just accept the reality, right? I have the ability to not eat poorly. I have made the choice to 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 not follow that that, uh, that advice, yes. right? It's my choice to put the zinger in my mouth. It's it's yes, there are mental things that make it difficult to not do it, but it's my responsibility in the end. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? Right? No one it's no one's fault but my own that I weigh 300 pounds, right? So I can have all the plant-based knowledge and all the food knowledge and everything in the world. But if I'm eating chips and drinking a half a bottle of booze every night, that's on me. That's my fault. Plant, that's my that's my choice. 
right? What's plant that? Based, and still plant-based. Plant-based yeah, is yeah, healthy, right? right? Yeah. I mean, and I think that that's one of the big things. Like, we believe that somehow somebody says they're vegan or plant-based, that somehow they're healthy. That's bullshit. Not, right, right, and it, and it wasn't even about that, right. but like it, if I could, I could spew any the gospel about anything, but yeah. if I'm not making the choice to practice what I preach, then a shut up, David, and b I, there's no one to blame but me. It's not nature's fault that I weigh 300 pounds. It's my fault that I weigh 300 pounds. Right. Yeah, I, I I think that that's just it, right? Like I've learned a lot about you know becoming diabetic and and suffering you know, from depression, those two things I, I, I've i had to deep dive in to, mm-hmm. to understand them over the years, right? Diabetes being much more recent. And where where I'm struggling is the predis, and, and I, I've, I swear I have a point about self-honesty here. I have predispositions for some things, including diabetes, right? I may never be able to defeat it because of the predisposition. However, I exacerbated it by my choices. Mm-hmm. Right? I think that there's the same thing possibly with your weight, right? You may have had the predisposition to be a bigger dude, but your choices have made it so that you, there's now you definitely are going to be a bigger dude. And 100%. even if you didn't have the predisposition, probably for you, you would have been, you know, bigger. And I would have been borderline diabetic potentially, mm-hmm. right? Anyway, so I'm just saying, like, let's be honest about it. And if I irk you with my opinions, keep telling me. That's great. Like, I don't take offense to anything. Like, I I more get upset with myself for not clarifying. And even this discussion about clarifying, it's it's incomplete, right? Like, right. Because somebody's going to have a question or say, oh, well, you said this. And yeah, it's it's one thing. And that's the hard part. But I I do want to hear it. Like, I don't want somebody to stop because the moment people stop, then there's no engagement, which means like we're literally talking to ourselves. Right, so, and it also defeats the purpose of what we're trying to do. Like, yeah. to me, the whole purpose of this show is to be an honest example that other people can relate to and build success through each other and community in some way. What I've learned in 10 weeks is that I'm 51 years old. From the time I was 14, working in 80s, 90s kitchens, which is mentored by 60s, 70s kitchen, the military, and firehouses for 40 years or combined, that there is a huge difference between being a 51-year-old guy born in the 70s and people who are much younger. There's differences in generations, and I don't really know... Um, because how we talk to each other in a firehouse would not be allowed anywhere else in the world. So I think that a lot of the opinions that we get are from younger generational people. Like there's a big 20, 25 year age difference. And I like hearing from them because it's a very different way of thinking and words that are used that I am accustomed to and it and I learn from that and I appreciate that because like um you know now like it's the it's a participation generation and I don't necessarily understand that 
You know what I'm saying? Like when I played Little League Baseball, we used to beat teams. I stunk at baseball, but my team was really good. Like my job was to get hit by the ball so that the guy, I batted ninth, you get hit by the ball so that the guy behind me, the first, the leadoff hitter would hit a home run. And we literally won every game by slaughter rule, and that was okay. Now you couldn't do that. It's just different today than it was back in the 70s. And I really appreciate when people aren't afraid to say something to me because I learned from it. Uh, yeah, I mean, personally, I say thank goodness things are different, right? Like that's Right, in a lot of ways, right? yes. You evolve, and every generation has to, you know, helps the pre helps the previous generation or generations kind of learn all the time like what's what's better for the world right overall right. i mean so i i mean i agree i and the the bottom line is i'm i'm flawed and it's going to continue to be that way and and i'm not uh I'm not trying to irk people, but I am trying to make people think a lot of the time. And and I'm not always honest on the show either. Right? Like I, I've been I've been really suffering from depression lately. Mm-hmm. I mean, you good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's loud. Oh, sorry. <laughs> really loud. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, the. Uh, I've been really suffering from depression. I haven't really talked about it on the show because I don't, I, I don't, it, I feel almost like I'm complaining, right? And it's, it's just a fact. I mean, and I know that the depression is a big part of why I'm not eating well. And that sounds like I'm blaming something, right? Like that I can't make good choices because of. And it's not that, right? It's all just tied together, and I'm trying to figure out how to overcome it every day. But it's been, it's been really bad. Like mm-hmm. I've, I've really, really struggled. And going on a vacation when you're in a midst of a bout of depression, it was an interesting time for me. It was, a, it was a difficult time, um, because I was enjoying what was going on, mm-hmm. but I still was in this like fog or haze at times. Um, of this stupid insidious disease that you know I, I suffer from and when I don't eat well it exacerbates the depression mm-hmm. and the diabetes sure as heck isn't getting better so those are kind of like the two things that I'm I'm battling you know this unholy game of D&D depression and diabetes mm-hmm. so you know, it, it's been a tough, tough road for me, but I, I mean, people don't need to hear it all the time, but it's been hard. Like the other day I couldn't run. I couldn't, I just couldn't bring myself to run. Now I did uh, all have my you... runs for the week, but I couldn't, I just couldn't do it. Like I literally yeah. could not get up and do it. Have you seen your endocrinologist yet or no. made any progress on that? I I couldn't get in until mid-month. Yeah. So I've right, been right, right. trying to get in. I finally got in for middle of April. Um, so I think it's, I can't remember if it's next week or the week after, um, that I've got that appointment. Uh, so anyway, I just wanted to, you know, kind of bring up to your point, right? Like 
if you're suffering from this stuff, you're you're not alone, right? Like, I've had a lot of body image things come with this, with the depression, you know, which as men, we just, we don't talk about. I've been trying to reframe how I, how I look at that. Um, one of the listeners of the show, Amy, I was talking with her kind of over a messenger about, you know, bodies and like, what is our responsibility as fat people to get people not to be bigoted jerks? Like, it's not really, like I was saying to her, it's not really our responsibility, right? Like to, to stop people. That's why it's never been really a theme of this show to get mm-hmm. people to accept different body types or, or who people are. Right. Um, you know, Amy talked about like one of the things that spoke to her was that, uh, somebody said that your body is not a problem to be fixed. And that that's an interesting take. You know, I, I look at it as my body is a, is a hobby. It's a project to work on. And I'm trying to see it as, as a hobby, which you enjoy your hobbies. So I should enjoy working on things mm-hmm. like my body if that's what I want to do. A lot of people don't want to work on it. And I, I'm not going to tell them to, right? Right. But but all of this stuff melds together. And it makes, you know, the show tough at times because I, like I have held back a little bit. And that's not who I really want to be. I just wasn't ready to, to sure. talk about it. And it may, and so how it all ties together is it may come out in stronger opinions or misspeaking about something else because my mind's preoccupied. Mm-hmm. So, and also by nature, I'm kind of a jerk. <laughs> so, it's just as, <laughs> ask anybody who knows me; they'll let you know. I mean, it's a little bit of my nature. I'm combative, and you know, I really have tried to learn, and I mm-hmm. do actually want to hear other opinions, but I will. You know, in person, like if we have discussions, like I'm often the guy who pushes. I've pushed you on this program. You know, I've pushed my yeah, wife. And right? I, I'm not a, I, I think I'm definitely not afraid of that. And I, um, it challenges me to be smarter because I have to, I can't, in the, in the firehouse, I just tell you to F off and the conversation ends, right? And then 10 minutes later, we're, arguing about something else or, you know, giving each other a hard time. And it forces me to actually try and think and communicate better. When, if you push me or call me on something, then I really have to dig deeper inside to be able to um, talk about my opinions and where I'm coming from and that stuff, which leads to better conversation and understanding. Yeah. Which is all new to me because I don't talk to anyone as much as I talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's interesting, right? We just spent half an hour talking about this stuff. And I, I know it's going to sound almost like defensive. And I won't always, like, I, I'm kind of done, like, unless it's something that really needs to be clarified. But I think I wanted to just kind of get that stuff out out there, mm-hmm. you know, before we, before we move on. I mean, and luckily we only had to start a couple of minutes late because you couldn't get into Gmail. So yes, I went old school, Pete. <laughs> you, you, you're, uh, you're like a 75 year old with email. Yeah, I do. I still have. Well, I'll tell you why I still have an AOL account. Still have AOL. Because awesome. back in the day, in the early, 
generations of uh, when Al Gore invented the internet, you get the little package, you know, your floppy the disk desk. or whatever, CD of AOL, and you used to be able to have seven email addresses, right, under your main account. So it was like one main account, and then your whole family can have an AOL address. Well, I had an AOL address under my buddy Heath's AOL account, right? So when he deactivated his account many moons ago, I don't have access to my AOL account. I can't make it disappear because he was the head person on it. So it just still exists in the world. I can't get rid of it. And I still have a Verizon account, which doesn't exist anymore because it, you can't delete it or log into it or redo your password. So I still have my original very first AOL account that will always be there until AOL disappears. I still have a Verizon email account, which doesn't exist anymore because when Verizon switched to whoever it was, I never did it, and now I have a Gmail account. So I'm like a dinosaur that still roams the earth. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to have to. So you, these types of conversations always send me down <laughs> rabbit holes because <laughs> I get the beginning, right? Because AOL wasn't just the email, right? Like that was how you got online. Yes. Right? So the internet access was through AOL, and that was the account. Yes. Then you got these seven emails, but I'm not like I think I think AOL from the get go was pretty much free email. I think that was just one of their gimmicks. Yeah. Uh, so I would find it very interesting that AOL never gave people access to the email account. Well, he separate. had it. No, no. Yeah. What I, what I mean is like that that stuff all separated. Yeah, and maybe now ago. you still you can do it. Now that I'm going to be an IT whiz, maybe now you can do it. But way back when, I couldn't do it. Yeah, but yeah, now yeah, it's sure. all it is now is spam, right? I I don't even look at it. I just like once a week, I just go and delete whatever on there because it's all spam. Yes, but today, my Gmail went open up. I got a whatever five hundred two server error or something, and uh, I had a. I can access it from my phone, so I had a I forwarded our link for the sh studio for this to AOL, and uh, I got on. So, highly recommend bookmarking that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That let's it, let's not address. push technology, Pete. It's just I don't know what browser you're using, but it's pretty. <laughs> I think we probably could figure it out with you. I could be an IT expert soon. Wait, Pete. You, don't you? You just use Chrome. I do just use Chrome. Oh, see, there's a little star. In the, yeah, in the I've got all, like I have my important yeah. stuff up there, like YouTube and you know my cigar store and my pipe right. tobacco store. Important right. stuff, Pete. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I think I think we deserve to be at the same I, level as the. I'll put you pipe up there. Yeah, yeah, with my to... brain's home access for his grades, I can yeah. look and see what uh what that knucklehead's doing in school. I'll put you up there. I'll do it today. So you do at least know what the bookmark is. I mean, I think that you're way more advanced than you think. Yeah, look, I've got 21 messages in AOL mail right now. I could see it up there. <laughs> oh, my gosh. This is fantastic. <laughs> this is well, why you have me on the show. Well, uh, I, I'm, 
my mom does not listen to this. Thank goodness. Um, oh, my mom does. I get I get my email report of all her opinions on everything we say. That's great. And, she, and then she's like, "You could send this to Pete as well." I'm like, "No, no I just delete. I'll I'll spare Pete of your nonsense." <laughs> I, I feel like I'm gonna get like a like a like a summons from uh, Mama Dushkin to, oh, um, no. to drive north for for lunch one of these days so she can air all her grievances with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm surprised that I don't get hard copy pages stapled together in cursive, right? Like my grandma, rest her soul. I, if I said something to my grandmother and she it pissed her off or she didn't agree, I would get a beautifully handwritten letter like five days later. Nice. Grandma giving it to me via pen. Well, the reason I mentioned my mom is because she still uses AOL. So yeah. Her, the email still AOL, so... You know, oh my goodness! Well, dude, let's <laughs> maybe we should get to like some real content now. Um, so last we left you, you were following up with your heart doctor stuff. Yeah, I'm a I'm a ball of health. See, surprisingly, um, I got everything came back normal. That's, which that's knock great. on wood, thank God. But um. I even got um, kudos from them that um, that my stress test and everything was was really good. That really my main issue is morbid obesity obesity because I weigh three hundred pounds. But there is no concern um, from them on anything um, running wise or exercise wise. My stress test was great. My ejection fraction, which is the amount of blood that your heart pumps during contraction was exactly where it was supposed to be. And uh, I have a um, calcium score of zero, which is looking for hardened plaque in your heart. So zero is, um, I don't want to say no concern, but it's the lowest risk that there is. So uh, knock on wood, it all came out really good. And um, we had a great conversation about making some uh, of staying on track with my my blood pressure medicine is the lowest dose you can take. And uh, they'd like that to come down a little bit more. Uh, but they're fine about the whole marathon thing and making lifestyle changes and keeping my dosage uh, where it's at. And then in September, we're going to reevaluate uh, a month before the marathon is what they wanted to do. So I find this really, like this. this is one where like I would need doctors right like a whole panel of doctors to get multiple <laughs> opinions because I, I just find it so interesting right that they give a rip about your weight if other than the hypertension which is under control with medication as of now you're perfectly healthy like your blood markers are fine your blood sugar's fine your uh heart's fine so it's like you're so what and I don't know the data, right? Like I'm asking there, questions, I, right? So I will say any doctor that I see is going to tell me that I'm in that morbidly obese category. I, and I well, like... Those, those are by numbers, right? I, mean, I guess my point is that, like, where's the data to tell me that somebody who's perfectly healthy at your weight, right? Like, and where's I, the problem? Like, why is weight in and of itself a problem? I think it's because... At my weight, 
and I was, I, I'm all of, like, I, there's no um, exaggeration. I weigh 300 pounds. At that weight, your risk factors are so much higher, right? So I think that it's much, and look, Jim Fix had a heart attack mid-run, right? So I think that's where they're coming from. And again, I don't know, but in my opinion, any doctor that I see is going to tell me that I need to lose weight, that I'm too fat. Yeah, me too, right? And I mean, we're we're. I mean, I'm not sure how tall you are. I'm I'm five eight. I'm just below five eight now. I started to shrink finally. Yeah, I'm um, five nine. Yeah, so I mean, we're we're relatively the same height. You outweigh me by eighty pounds, mm-hmm. right? And your health is way better than mine, right? So all those risk factors, like mm-hmm. I get it, but that's that's just data, right? That's a preponderance. It's not you so like 300 pounds you probably just don't feel good in 300 pounds no i feel yes correct i feel terrible at 300 pounds right so the to me the the weight loss for you is much more about like hey i feel better at whatever 260 right and if Mm -hmm. you were 260 which you know or let's even say 240 let's go all the way to 240 so you've lost 20 percent of your body weight at that point Right, and you're at 240. Doctors would still tell you you need to lose weight. That you're still a hundred percent, right? Correct. So, but you might feel fantastic, and all your markers might look even better, right? So, yeah. I guess my my point is that there's such a huge component of n equals one. Mm-hmm. There's genetics at play. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you, Dave. Like, I am thrilled for you, and I like over the moon thrilled. It still pisses me off, right? <laughs> You're right. That this, this this guy's 300 pounds and is perfectly fine, and here I'm sitting at 220, and I'm a and I'm a freaking wreck. Yeah. Right. Right. No, I get it. Right. You gotta be crazy. If the shoe, if the shoes, if the tables were turned, I would be in the exact same boat, and I would mf in you up and down the street, right? <laughs> but I mean, it's so funny, right? Because it sounds petty and it but i'm i'm not gonna tell you that it didn't go through my mind because it did and i'm going oh my gosh like I, how like how much shorter of a straw can i draw here yeah right? like and so i had that so you couple that woe is me with the depression like that that was a that was a that that's a slide i really did not need to go down because yeah. i didn't need any help and uh you know, and I, so I'm thinking, like, how can you be so happy for somebody and have it trigger such a crappy response? Like, but that, I, felt, I felt terrible about it. But um, I think that's a normal response because I would 100% feel the same way. And I think you're allowed to have woes me conversations with yourself and let it drive you. And let that, if you use it for good, not for evil. And it's a it's a delicate balance because you can way easily go way further down the sinkhole with that than and you can easily go up the scale as well. Yeah, and, I and, and I And I very easily would, 
be in that in that same boat of you know why yeah i mean in the end i i could tell you that i i caught myself recently basically eating things when i didn't need them and i could you know like i stop myself to think okay what's my mindset right now i didn't it didn't stop me from doing it but at least i started to consciously think about hey what's my mindset and my mindset unfortunately had become over the last couple of weeks three four weeks has become what 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 difference does it make Mm -hmm. i'm gonna be on meds forever other people control this stuff with meds who cares right like i i'm screwed genetically i'm never going to be able to overcome this now, I'm starting to climb out of that. One, it's just, is recognition. So that's what you're feeling, we're feeling, not what you truly think? I think that there's a part of me that thinks that, right? Because I could tell you that even when I was 100% NSNG, my blood sugar was still abnormally high. It was still pre-diabetic. Mm-hmm. So I think that there's a genetic component to this that I'm just screwed with. Where I could tell you, though, that I think that I may still have a chance is what I start the moment we get off recording today, I walk across to the workout room and I'm doing a strength workout starting. So I didn't do the first three days of April. I need to do, uh, start with my 20. And here, same as a streak, right? Like I'm saying 20 workouts in April, but my goal is 20 workouts in April, 20 workouts in May. To get 20 strength workouts a month going um, is the goal, right? Like that's my intention. And the reason is the one thing I haven't done to try to overcome this is gain muscle, try to displace more fat in terms of, uh, working out, not just cardio. So mm-hmm. when I was an SFG, I was a hundred percent cardio working out, right? Or 99%. Now I want to make it so that I'm doing cardio 20 days a month. I'm doing strength 20 days a month. And let's see if building some muscle, which at my age is not going to be easy. I get that. But let's see if at least doing that strength training can start to help those markers get in a better place. Because I do know that less fat on my body would be super helpful, right? So, like, my biggest issue is that, like, I might weigh, like, we. I have these conversations a lot with Rob. Uh, my buddy mm-hmm. Rob Bozovich, right? Um, Rob and I will talk about this stuff often, right? And he started strength training. He's younger, <laughs> quite a bit younger. Um, you know, 12, 13 years, I think 13 years younger than me. Um, but he's he's doing a lot more strength training and he's similar in weight to me, he's slightly taller, similar in weight, but his body fat is half of mine or, le- or a third of mine, right? Like, mm-hmm. It's just way different body composition. And that's the one thing I haven't tried, right? And and it's a long hill. Like, I'm not going to start strength training today and it's fixed. Like, a year from now, I might see some progress. So it's going to be a very long, difficult road. And even for you and me as 50-year-old men, strength training now is more... And not strength training is, hey, I'm, I'm going to be a master's deadlifter and deadlift 500 pounds. But just the strength training to help us as we get older is vital at this point, right? Like yep. so many of the local gyms uh, around here have master's 
weightlifting class. It's like specifically for just getting up and down, right? So like, uh, uh, I forget the guy's name, but the Blue Zone guy, one of the things that he talks about and the differences of these centurions is many of the communities, they sit on the floor, right? So from the time, you know, they're our age till their 80s, they're getting up and down off the floor every day. Just that type of basic exercises is leading to their longevity in the community and all that. And we totally need that now in a, as we get older. Yeah, Dan Butner, I think. Is, Dan Butner is that guy's name, right? And so, if if you haven't seen Blue Zones, basically, Dan has written books about like the areas of this earth, like that live the longest, uh, have the most um, people that make it to a hundred years old and and older, and kind of what they eat, what they do, day to day, um, and it's, I mean, it's a very interesting book, right? Uh, and a lot of it is forced by environment, like what you're saying, right? Like right, right. And only a part eat. of it is the food. It's the community, the relationships right. that, you know, like uh, exercise and having to get up and down and, and drinking wine every day, right? But it's not the wine that's doing it. It's the sitting around the table having, you know, a leisurely afternoon with your friends and laughing and drinking wine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a really interesting uh, set of reads. And I think that dude owned... I think he owns like three Guinness World Records for endurance cycling. I mean, he's mm-hmm. a, that dude's a beast. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's all kind of coming together slowly in my mind. Like, what is it exactly that I need to do um, to re- kind of reframe how I'm looking at not only my health, but like, what do I want to accomplish? And, and I've never really looked at these things holistically enough. And like right now, like I'm, my running's going fairly well. Like I'm able to, even when I don't feel good, I'm able to complete my runs. Mm -hmm. Right. I might, you know, for this week I moved one, but you know, then I, and I was feeling terrible. And then all of a sudden I had this one run that felt great. And then I did my seven miler yesterday and felt good. And I pushed, even pushed the last mile just a little bit to see kind of where I'm at. And it still was within easy pace and my heart didn't go crazy. And so I'm doing like those, the consistency there is Mm -hmm. adding up. And that's while I'm not really dropping weight. So just dropping pounds makes you faster when you're a bigger person. Like that's just math, right? Right. Um, I'm not strength training. I'm not eating right. So I'm not even fueling my body right. And I'm still able to kind of get this, get this done. Right. right. So why is my mental attitude for running? Hey, I've got, I've got to do this. I need to do this. I've got to find a way to do this. And why doesn't that extend to the other areas of my health? Those are the questions that I'm asking myself right now. Like, how do I take the dedication that I've decided goes into my running and, and turn that, uh, turn those habits and that mindset towards nutrition and strength training. In that I get a hundred percent because the hardest thing that I find with all this, anytime I've ever done it is putting all the pieces 
of the puzzle together, right? I've never, I can work on weight, but I can't work on weight and running. I can work on running, but I've never been able to put running and eating together, running, eating, not drinking, weightlifting, right? It's so hard for me. And right in, and right now, my struggle is I've been good at my runs and my cycling, but I, have, I am now not eating to fuel the running and the cycling. And it's only been two weeks, but I can already feel that I'm behind on water and nutritionally, I'm not putting anything in the tank, right? I'm running on fumes and I could already feel that. So now that is my big like time management and putting it all together. But like you, I don't know how to do that or why I can't do that. So how was your last, so how was the last week? Like what did you do this last week in terms of work workouts? Same as before, three runs and a cycling. And, uh, uh, there, I'm at like two and a half, like two and a quarter to two and a half miles uh, on the running. Just time on my feet, one and a half, two minutes still. Um, my paces are now up in the 16s. So I'm trying to like um, what you talked about is keep that same run but walk faster. So I'm not recovering 100%. And uh, now I'd like to go to... Um, well, it would be 92nd, 92nd. And uh, I did a cycling class. I up my cycling classes to 30 minutes versus 20 minutes. And um, I picked a crazy class. I don't know why I did it, but it was a, a like a heavy metal 30-minute ride. That sounds awesome. And oh, it, was, it was awesome. <laughs> but uh, if you have Peloton, Kendall was the instructor, and she was in a uh, no BS mood. And it was much more than I expected it to be. So some of the rides, I was a little less on the resistance, but I tried keep up the resistance and it was really a butt kicker. But uh, did you choose that class because of the music? 100% because of the music. <laughs> That's what I, I was just in that kind of like, um, like Slayer, Pantera type mood and like I can't always do like the 80s. Sometimes they're fun. They have a great David Bowie ride, but I can't do it like a lot of the pop stuff. And I was just in the mood like I wanted a ride. I really, I really struggle with that first step. Like I know I have to run today, but man, I don't want to run today. You know, I don't want to put my shoes on. Sometimes it takes me longer to convince myself to get out the door than the run actually does. And you feel amazing when you're done, but I'm still in that, oh man, I can't believe I got to run today. I can't believe I'm doing this again. Why am I doing this again? Then you walk around the house and then you put on one shoe and you sit there and you complain. And then you put on the other shoe and you complain a little bit more. And then you try and figure out what can I do around the house to prolong this run. And eventually... Farica will say, I'm like, would you just go already? And then Braden will come in the room. He's like, are you going to do anything today? And then you get outside and you feel like a million bucks. So that day on the bike, I needed a little Pantera and a, a <laughs> and a little Kendall attitude to get me through the ride. Nice. But once you start, it's amazing. 
So I, I'm not sure. I, I mean, I think I said enough at the beginning to get enough uh, input from some, some private messages, but I'm going to try to extend that by telling you that I do not like David Bowie. I'm I like David some Bowie David fan. Bowie. Very Only little some. for me. Very, very little for me. That and, you know, the, uh, so like if I had like this, like who do I, who, what artist do I, I don't like? Like we documented Gretchen does not like Nirvana, which mm -hmm. she's, she's just wrong. But the police and David Bowie are like both at the top of my list of things I can't stand. Yeah, you wanted to my the police are just that's like nails on a chalkboard for me. <laughs> that's pretty funny because Aerosmith is on the top of my list of bands I can't stand. The Rolling even early, even early Aerosmith. I can't stand anything with the Rolling Stones, Aerosmith, and I'm, you're probably going to kick me off, or people are going to you're going to get hate mail. The Beatles, I can't oh, stand. I love the Beatles. Top of my top five bands, like worst bands ever, are those three. I can't you know, I know a lot it. of people don't don't like the Beatles, like they're too simplistic. They're too whatever. I I love them. I even have uh, I haven't watched the full Get Back documentary yet, um, but I did get Paul McCartney the lyrics. Um, mm -hmm. It's like this big double volume book um, that he, where he goes through every single song um, and like the lyrics of them and kind of what's yeah. going on. And it's pretty darn interesting. It's a very interesting book. Yeah, why well, I, I I'm so all you, about. Do you dislike Paul McCartney himself, or just Beatles as a band? Just the Beatles as a band. I think they're all talented. They changed the world. I'll never take away from what they accomplished, but I would. There are like true Beatles fans, and I like the Grateful Dead. Forget about it. Like I, I want music that you want to run through a wall with, right? Like now, my big kick <laughs> is um, it's called Bloody Wood, and it's it's uh. Like thrash like metal, <laughs> it's thrash metal and Indian folk music, like India folk music, and it is awesome. That's, right, uh, I just that's my Spinal Tap eleven just crank in or Dropkick Murphys is another oh, good Drop one. Kick Murphys, yeah, of course. Yeah, the, that's good. I'm not a jam band guy either, so <laughs> I'm not a big Grateful Dead, Fish. Ah. Yeah, no. If you want me to leave the room, put that on. Party over. I'm out. <laughs> well, and you know my my that wine pod co-host Vino Mike. He's a huge fish guy, right? Like he he yeah, travels shocker. all around to see fish. So <laughs> <laughs> now that we lost you. more friends, Pete. <laughs> that's okay. That's right. We can't get on each other for musical taste. I mean, that's just yeah. That's pure opinion, right? No, I, I loud. And just obnoxious. No, oh, that's why you get along with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the Mongolian, the Who, H-U. That's some good stuff, too. Brain hates it. So sometimes, you know, you're a dad. Sometimes you just got to turn it up even louder just to piss them off. <laughs> and then you get the eye roll. Oh. Well, right now, all we're hearing in this house is every morning the Encanto soundtrack is on. With, have you, uh, have you seen the... singing at the top of her lungs, so... Like we get, we have to get them together because Braden loves that, and his his weightlifting coach has three girls, Braden's age, and uh, Braden and his oldest go to school together, and then there's two younger ones. So they have seen Encanto many times, and uh, they were at a barbell club session, and, and he, Chris, the coach, put that. Uh, what's the big song? We don't talk about Bruno. 
A hundred percent. That's it. That Believe that hundred. <laughs> but That's Braden, <laughs> they're weightlifting, and Braden's weightlifting coach and Braden are dancing and singing that on top of their lungs at the CrossFit gym with the music just cranking. And there's a video of it on on my page somewhere deep in the recesses. But that one's pretty good. That's funny. Well, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, it's my other, my older kids are listening to music way more now. Uh, Lily's kind of always been into it. Uh, But Daniel now is starting to, to listen to a little bit more. And I'm trying to bring them like, into the past with me but doesn't seem to be doesn't seem to be interested you know i'm like you really got to listen to what'd you listen to growing up were you a loop guy jonathan brandbar no i mean i was more um i guess you know when i was real little i was probably just i was more mainstream right like your your like what your parents have on so there was probably a little bit of you, you listened to B96, the Killer B dance party. I, I know you did. I did listen to some B96 <laughs> with Jam and Julian jumping Perez. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel you know, like in high school, like, and I was, like, I was like the anti U2 guy. Like, I, I don't hate U2, but it's not, not my favorite stuff. Yeah, right? what a U2. But I was, I was much more like, um, like Beastie Boys and. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, oh, yeah, the Beastie Boys. Run DMC and. Then as, you know, like, I was like a typical suburban white kid who wanted yeah. to listen to N.W.A. And, uh, yeah, I loved N.W. You know. Braden can sing the whole album. Oh, that's super scary. And yeah. don't call child services on day for that. <laughs> uh, he loves it. Uh, Easy I, I iced tea. He loves it. Iced tea, but, yeah. Uh, Pete, I short. live in a super white bread community. I live in a very... Not purposely, it just happens to be that way. And every kid here listens to hip hop. It's fascinating. Like I don't know it where where because there's no radio anymore, right? Right. Yeah, it's all Spotify. So where like where who is the one that started it? And I know Braden, we do a lot of throwing while the football team and the cross team practices. And that's what they listen to. So that's where Braden picked it up. He definitely didn't get his music taste from me. But I find it fascinating that... Well, it's also like, what's popular on TikTok and... Yeah, well, and he doesn't... YouTube and... Yeah. Yeah, but his friends are, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so, the, they don't have um, Kevin Matthews, right? right? How lucky are we? Animal Stories with old Uncle right. Lair, right? We we grew Steve up in a Dahl much better. And Gary, and Gary yeah, Meyer. yeah. See, that's who I listen to. Disco Demolition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Comiskey Park. It's still Comiskey Park. What do you call it? You're a Sox fan. Not Comiskey Park. I actually just bought um, vouchers. So the way that they have this now, like you don't have to buy single game tickets to a specific game. Like you can buy vouchers and mm-hmm. redeem them for the games that you want. And oh, that's any, cool. And like any quantity that goes up to your voucher limit right so i just i just bought those because i was gonna like get a partial season ticket package right but i'm like you know i then i'm gonna end up giving away a lot of tickets because i'm yeah. like i don't know if i can make those dates and whatever so i'm like oh they have this voucher thing and so i, I just bought some vouchers That's and so cool. the first the first vouchers redeemed are for uh 
Gretchen our and our friend Sherry and Michaela to go to a game, not me. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm That's doing awesome. something wrong here, though. But it's going to be great. Like, if the kids want to, you know, the when the kids are up, they want to go, they can. I mean, nobody's a baseball fan, like, outside of me. Like, Gretchen likes it, but mm-hmm. um, like the, ki- the kids aren't baseball people. But I think they'll go with Dad, right? Like, that's been one of my great disappointments disappointments in life i couldn't force my children into being baseball fans yeah because what you should do as a parent like good parenting would be force them to like things that you like right 100 like, percent. and you're yeah. in who doesn't want to watch baseball in chicago oh i love it and and the and at comiskey the food is just like so good right like mm-hmm. those are the things that like now i have to think about i want to get to the point where i'm thinking about like before I go to the game, like, what am I going to do? So I have a plan because if I don't, that's the kind of food, like I will just eat until I'm sick because yeah. ballpark food is phenomenal. Like I will eat hot dogs off the grill and elotes until I can't, mm-hmm. like I literally can't shove anymore in my ample gullet. So anyway, um, yeah, I'm trying to think. That was a good talk through memory lane. Yeah, man, that all those things like they still like they they still uh, come to mind every once in a while. Like I'll you know because mo- most of those stations still exist, right? Some you know some way, shape, or form. But but I always I'll I'll YouTube animal stories and listen to them every now and then. I always play back the Brandmeier song "We're All Crazy in Chicago." I always play that. And uh, speaking of sh- Chicago, Farrakh and Braden are not going to come in for no? the uh, marathon weekend. I didn't yeah. realize how expensive this weekend's going to be. Oh yeah. And I don't know why I didn't think that. So um, we're we're all going to come in probably in June or something like that. But. Uh, like staying in the suburbs and trying to get back and forth with the three of us. And they, Farrakhan wanted to go to support me in the marathon. And I'm like, well, that's ridiculous because you're going to spend all day traveling to see me for two seconds during the race. And it's not worth it. At like, so, six, uh, at like six places though. That's the, the great thing about Chicago is you can spectate in like six spots, right? Right. If you know the city enough to get around, well, she would go with Gretchen. Yeah, so I, I don't think they're going to come in. So, yeah. um, so but we're, we're definitely going to come in well, together. Well, if you guys want to go to a Sox game, let me know because I got I got the vouchers. Yeah, for sure. And I want to take him to Wrigley too. Yeah, so. for sure. That's history, man. Like, yeah, you know, but you, you know, it might more historic than that. That in Fenway, right? <laughs> yeah, but and, and I just think there's something special. Like I. You ready for my blanket statement that's going to piss everyone off, Pete? Oh, I can't wait. Is I don't really think anyone's a Cubs fan. I think they're a Wrigley fan. <laughs> I love it. Right? If you reversed it and the White Sox played at Wrigley and the Cubs played at Comiskey during the times when those the same time periods Chicago would be a White Sox town. Do you think that that's more geography? A hundred percent. So you're saying it's the geographic nature of like where Wrigley is. Yes. And the time it was there. 
yeah. and the convenience like, of it oh. and all that stuff. And yeah. like now, I don't think it would make a difference. But if you put the two, if you switch the two teams at the exact same time with the way the sh- people lived and did things in the city, it doesn't matter. Whoever played in Wrigley would the town would be that team's fan. Okay. And now it's like my dad was a diehard Cubs fan and everyone who I've ever said that to tells me I'm an idiot and I'm okay with that. But I I just think geographically and the history, like I like the White Sox because my dad hated the Cubs. And when I grew up, the White Sox were a much better team, right, to watch. I love – Oh, yeah. Carlton Fisk, Lamar Hoyt, Claude L. Washington, Chet Lemon, Vance Law, Rudy Law. It was a much better team to watch. You, you, except for the fact that you had to get the antenna just right for Channel 44 to watch the 12 games a year that they would broadcast. 100%. That, but I was a, a bigger fan, but I would rather go watch a game at Wrigley and yeah, cut I mean, school and hop on the red line and get off at Addison. It was interesting because growing up, I watched a lot more Cubs because that they were available, right? So, mm-hmm. like, I love the White Sox, but like one of my favorite players was Ryan Sandberg. I just like right. the way he went about his business, you know. Um, but you know, and I, I, I had to have told this. You know, Carlton Fisk came into my wine shop, and like my, number seventy-two, Lord. my favorite player of all time, and I can't stand baseball for the record, but. Growing up, Carl Pudge was my guy. Yeah, I mean, just unbelievable. I love, I love that guy. He is twenty-seven on the Red Sox and seventy-two on the mm-hmm. on the on the White Sox. But yeah, he he would he would come into the wine shop. It was before the Hall of Fame dinner. I was like, right oh. now, all these people are like, are these two going to talk about running or what? No, probably <laughs> not. Uh, yeah, we probably should. So you're about three weeks away from getting your plan. Two weeks. Right? Like I train, I logged in Training Peaks today to see if they uh, uploaded the plan, and it said I had twenty six weeks. Oh, twenty six. Yeah, so well, it says twenty six weeks until my event. Oh, and, is uh, the math wrong? Yeah, that's what Training Peaks said. Oh. And then, uh, so yeah, I'm getting excited, but that's what. But it was kind of like a holy crap moment. Are we both Googling how many weeks till October 9th? <laughs> it's good podcasting. <laughs> I got 27 weeks. All right, whatever. Well, no, I mean... It's I, close. <laughs> so, let me, let me rephrase that. It was 27 weeks from yesterday. Yeah. So, maybe the minute it passes that date, they say... Yeah, so it's days. 26 weeks. It's 26 weeks, six days. Yeah, it's That's, close. It's close, and I'm ready for it. I mean, your training plan starts with 24 weeks to go, right? Yeah, so it will be October. Or, uh, sorry, April 24 is the official first day. I don't know if that will be the first run. It will probably be Monday is the first run, official run. April 24th, okay. Of David Conquer Chicago. The road to Pequods. The road to Pequods. <laughs> um, and you're feeling like good. You, you're still going to do the run walk, kind of like where you're. Is that where you're headed? 
I'm liking the run walk right now. I still have a little bit of machismo in me that run walk is not okay. And I'm learning that it is actually okay within me, right? A hundred percent run walk is fine. There is nothing wrong with it. And I am enjoying my runs now. I don't know. Um, 15 miles in how that mentally of the start stopping start stopping is going to affect me but I'm really embrace I'm trying to embrace it with an open mind and I'm leaning towards that way I'd like to see I'm almost positive team and training will do a run walk and uh, if they do that way then I will probably stick with that and just go with the program and then um, find a pace group with Chicago who will do a run walk anyways. So, and I do know that if you don't train a run walk, then you will not be successful on event day. If you try a run walk, dude, I'm so glad you said that because it's one of the things that I wanted to bring up. Run walk is a strategy that you like that's a strategy. It is not a way to get through a race because you didn't train. Like I think a lot of people think guilty. You know, <laughs> you get through the race by doing run walk, but if you don't train it properly, and quite frankly, you should get the walk hopefully down to like thirty seconds, right? Like because when you walk more, Jeff, this is Jeff Galloway stuff, right? When you walk more than thirty seconds, you're really recovering too much eventually, right? Like I mm-hmm. understand where you're at now, but eventually you want to get that down to thirty seconds. And I mean, I know a lot of people that have. I know a guy who won a marathon doing run walk thirty thirty that isn't named Jeff Galloway, right? Right. But that's he would run thirty, walk thirty, won the marathon, and that wasn't a huge marathon, but he still won it. I mean, and and he ran doing a thirty thirty. He ran a sub two hour fifty minute marathon. Yeah. Or two hour and forty five minute marathon. So I mean it's that's freaking impressive, right? Like so it's it's a real way to run and train. It's not a way to just get through something because you didn't train. And I have to tell you, I am more and more just I have seen so many posts lately. Like I'm going back to where I'm looking less and less at social because of this part of it. Or you know, this kind of, this being one of the reasons, um, politics is number one. The But this is, so many people, springtime, yeah, decided to do the race anyway, untrained. And I'm like, I, I don't know, like I'm, I'm really hoping that, that that becomes less and less over time for people. Like, just getting an event done, untrained, like it's... And it's so much praise. Like I see way more praise for the people who haven't trained and did it anyway. Yeah. Than for the people who worked their butt off, you know, training and then they completed. Oh, good job. But it's like, oh man, it's unbelievable. You weren't trained and you still did 13 miles. Like, oh <laughs> Look, my gosh. That's every marathon I've ever ran. <laughs> well, we're trying to change that, right? Yeah. I, I think, I don't know what team and training is going to pop up. But whatever pops into that screen, I'm probably going to – I'm almost 90% there that whatever comes up, if it's a run walk, that's when I'm going to embrace it and just do it. Yeah, I mean, I love it. I I have to tell you, at about mile five this week, I was 
missing the walk portion of of training. Mm-hmm. You know, I ran it all, um, but I mean, I was missing it. And this week, you know, I've got to get to my long run. This week is nine miles. So nice. It's, I mean, to think you know I'm twenty, you know, at that point twenty six weeks out, right? Um, and doing nine miles already. Uh, it's pretty pretty crazy in my book like that that's where i'm gonna that's where i'm gonna be and i mean it's difficult at the weight that i'm at and the jiggliness that i'm at Mm -hmm. um it's it's not easy right so i'm starting to get the hey just for even the sake of my running maybe i need to lose a few pounds yeah Um, well add 80 pounds to the jiggle (laughs) <laughs> well, I, I hear you. I mean, I definitely get it, right? Like that's that's just it. So then, yeah. I mean, I've got got that um, on on tap, and then you know I've got got a race in a couple of weeks after that. So on the twenty third is is a race. Yeah. So I mean, that's getting really close to kind of gauge where am I? Because I've been doing mostly easy miles with some workouts thrown in, right, and some strides here or there, but I haven't had. Um, tempo pace kind of miles right or race pace kind of miles and we'll see what you know what i can throw down like mentally what am i going to be able to to do come race day especially with no medal at the end i mean yeah. I, got, I got no no bling incentive so i'll send you a medal <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> and you've so you've got a race that same weekend I, I, what's the plan there again the- 24th i'm just gonna enjoy it have fun and uh i don't know oh you know what i'm an idiot i just realized something um i do i have a 10k uh in april that i'm just gonna uh, april 24th that i'm just gonna enjoy and um uh sorry uh just enjoy the like there's no i don't have a time a goal or anything i'm just gonna Go out and have fun, but I just realized that I registered Braden up for a uh, meet in Richmond, Virginia, on the twenty fourth, and it literally just hit me that I'm a moron and I can't be in Columbia, Maryland, and Richmond, Virginia at the same time. No, that would involve <laughs> cloning. Yeah, you know, so um, you'll have to figure that out, I guess. Right, and now and like and now Braden's track schedule is every Sunday from now till. Uh, june and then swim season kicks in so uh, and i really got to figure that out i need saturday races i'm coming to chicago running the arboretum 10k there you go come on out (laughs) when's when's, um sugar badger memorial day weekend so then the next race for me is half as a half marathon 13.1 memorial day weekend okay Um, so that last weekend in may and we've got you know, rooms for that. Um, so you're doing a, th- a half marathon at Sugar Badger in May. Correct. Interesting. Yeah. My yeah, mind, I, my mind is working. Yeah. You want a pre Pequod's uh, trip? Is that what you're you're contemplating? Well, I need a time to get Farica and Braden home. Yeah. Right, because I have, I will not go to the fall without taking Braden home to see his grandmother when's his school go through uh i think like june 12th is his last Uh, day so that's kind of in the middle whereas my kids are all out of school at that point 
Um, yeah. Well, we do they when do they they start early then, right? Mid mid August, give or take. Yeah, we like little... we go in almost a week and a half into September. Yeah, before so like, we start. Well, when I was a kid, we would start like just post Labor Day, basically, mm-hmm. and then we would go through like mid June. Yeah, um, but then that started. That was different by the time my kids got into school, and I mean it's crazy, dude. My I've got to go down to Peoria the end of the month. I'll be doing whatever the week after. So yeah, April thirtieth, um, senior prom for Daniel, <laughs> and then two weeks later, I'm back in Peoria because he graduates. Yeah, like it's it's insane, That's awesome. And, and, and when I'm down there, I you know my. Uh, you know, the kid's mom, my ex, she pointed out that not only is it Daniel's prom, but Lily will be driving. Like, she'll have her license. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, it's it's such a, you know, craziness. But I'm spending a lot of time in central Illinois. Um, yeah. The next, you know, over the next, uh, you know, month or so, which is great. I mean, anytime I can have with all my kids is great. Any one of them, I will take any time that they will give me. So, no, oh, for um, sure. You know, I'm, I'm sure Daniel's going to love that I'm there snapping pictures of him and his beautiful date. So, um, I can't can't wait. But yeah, I mean, it's like time is crazy, dude. And to think about like like Braden goes so late compared to here. I don't know why we can't make this stuff more uniform across the country. Well, we moved it here. For financial reasons, they what they did was that they extended the tourist season at Ocean City. Uh, so it was a big. I don't know if that's the official, but a lot of the the big opinion is is they extended beach season by like three weeks, which is a huge I money gotcha. maker for um, for the state. And then they were always off. Right, they'd go to school for two days. They'd be off for two days. Go to school for two days, and then they're like, "Well, well, that's what they said." While they changed it, and everyone's yeah. like, "Well, you just wanted to extend the tourist season." It's interesting. Well, either I mean, way, the, the school started after Labor Day, more or less, when we were kids. I think still based on like farming. Yeah. Um, right. So that was just kind of the timing of of how the how farming got done and that little break, and then kids went yeah. to school. So. Anyway, all right, dude. I think uh, I think that covers most of it. You got anything else for us this week? No, that was good. Right, same stuff. Run more, eat better, drink more well, water. I think it, <laughs> I think it's going to be interesting to talk about the mindset piece of this, like coming forward, right? Like, how are we adjusting our mindset to actually get some of this stuff accomplished that we want to? Um, and just like that, that little little bit of epiphany that I had that geez I'm doing it for running but I'm not doing it in other areas like I I, that's like a big concentration for me over the next Mm -hmm. week or two so anyway all right then let's wrap it up you've been listening to Fat Man Chronicles episode 138 FMC run Chicago chapter 10 the music is you got me wrong by Safar Keep hitting us up on social media and letting us know what we do right and wrong, uh, which we do. I mean, we talk about the wrong, but a lot of people are giving a lot of very good feedback, too. And we appreciate that just as much, probably more. Um, subscribe, rate, review. That'll do it, really. 
everyone get out there and be better today. <laughs>